this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. The understanding that you need. So we're going to do some Genesis framework and let's start with who I am. So we're about to break down who we are and what we were created in our original form. So Takiya, if you can go ahead and go over the scriptures that really speaks to who we are and what we were created to be in our original form. So we're reading from a, a book and also part of the scripture. So um, it starts by saying the book of Genesis is a book of genie pool of God. It is a story of our DNA, where we came from and how we became who we are. It offers great understanding of Jeremiah chapter one, where God says, before I formed you, I knew you. For indeed, it is both the story of creation and the story of formation to whoever will understand it. Genesis is God creating earth as parallel world of heaven. In other words, the earth is a parallel dimension that was made to mirror perfectly and reflect heaven. This is why when Jesus teaches us how to pray, he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so it's so important that as we begin to operate in the things that are of the spirit we're constantly calling down heaven we're constantly in this place where we're literally calling down heaven and by basically saying your kingdom come your will be done it allows you to begin to bring heaven on earth so that not only you can experience it from that point but it's for others as well and, and as others come in we are all joining in in agreement with heaven on earth next scripture the book continues to say earth is a parallel dimension made to mirror heaven perfectly so in genesis chapter 1 god creates plant kind genesis chapter 1 verse 11. Genesis. chapter 1 verse 11 if you guys can pull that up then god said let the land produce vegetation seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds and it was so let's keep going 
God literally gets the genium for plant kind from heaven and mirrors it on earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 12. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 12 and what does it say? The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Let's keep going. When God says it was good, he was doing quality assurance testing to ensure that the plant kind in heaven mirrored the plant kind on earth. God creates plant kind, Genesis chapter 1, verse 12. Marine kind, insect kind, and bird kind, Genesis chapter 1, 21. Precious, if you can read that. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Animal kind in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was good. Everything God made was good, meaning that it mirrored heaven perfectly. God had made everything on earth as it was in heaven, yet one thing was missing, a vital genie pool, so royal that it could rule worthily, worthily over this perfect and harmonious parallel ecosystem. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And, so this is, and this is where we came into play. So it's so important that you guys understand what he's saying should happen by mankind. So what it says, so let us repeat that again. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so when you begin to look at this particular scriptures, many times we find ourselves trying to be like the world, the various images that the world has. I think today, when I look at women today, uh, you have Kim Kardashian, and she being one that wears the big eyelashes and all of this stuff, she's introduced that into the world. And so, women today are mimicking her style. And so you find a lot of people fashioning themselves after the image of somebody else when we're supposed to be fashioned after the image of God. 
And so it allows you to see all the trends that comes forth as well. And many times we as women, we gravitate toward these images when our image is supposed to be of God. Let's go a little bit further. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. But it also makes you stop to think too. When two people come together, they're supposed to keep their own identity. But in so many situations, the man or the woman trying to change the other person to be what they believe works for them. And God still says that we are to be made in his image. Not our image or what we think somebody should be. And even for ourselves, we cannot conjure up something within ourselves based on what we've seen or we've heard and try to mirror that and call it God. In this parallel dimension, God creates a mirror image of himself. Since God is spirit, the being of Genesis chapter 126 was a spirit. In fact, the word image is in Hebrew word tesimim, meaning a phantom or a ghost. John chapter 4, verse 24. John 4, verse 24. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So we can't worship outside of spirit, and we have the true knowledge of God that allows us to worship him. But a lot of times we're trying to worship, but we're outside of the spirit. So it's so important that we come into who we are in order to give true honor unto our Lord. Genesis chapter 1, 26 marks a significant moment in history. The Lord God created a parallel version of himself and gave this parallel being a kind a king dominion over the earth, just as his counterpart, otherwise known as the last Adam, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, ruled heaven. This Adam ruled in a parallel that I will call the fourth dimension. First Corinthians chapter fifteen forty five. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life giving spirit. Okay. So the first Adam is the one that was born in the garden. The second Adam is Jesus Christ. Completely two separate beings. Adam lived in a dimension outside of the formed world. We call it the fourth dimension. Even though it was Adam's first dimension, because we have no concept of it, he existed outside of the space-time countium. In this countium, also lived God, angels, and one known as the Word, 
who would himself later take on a three-dimensionality of his own. He was there in the beginning. Chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter, I'm sorry. John chapter 1, verse 1, and John chapter 1, verse 14. John 1, verse 1, and what does it read? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that Jesus Christ is the word and making sure that we're establishing foundation and really establishing who you are and why it's important for you to take on who you are. John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Scriptures bear witness that the Word became flesh, but in all of our lives, we can see the acts uh, of the Holy Spirit and Christ Jesus around all of us, but also in and through us. He, is, he exists. Adam was a man of dual citizenship. He was the only one of God's creation that traveled between two parallel universes. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Lord puts his new earth king into a body, citing that, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And I want to make sure I point out something most important. The first Adam was able to travel back and forth from heaven to earth. So everything that was created in this fourth dimension, he was able to operate in. The various places that we live in today, he was able to travel back and forth into the heavens and to do things in both worlds. Today, we have that same access, and that's through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we embrace our Lord Jesus Christ, we're able to do the same thing that the first Adam was supposed to have dominion over. But many of us don't see that, so therefore, we operate as in mankind, rather than what God originally created us in our true form. And so making sure that you really see this. So there was no, how would I say, there was nothing that drew a line between heaven and earth. He literally walked from heaven and walked down to earth. In a matter of, of seconds, he was in one place versus another, consistently traveling back and forth in constant communion with the Father. The Lord God took a man from outside of the space-time continuum in Genesis chapter 1, 26, and put him into the space-time continuum in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. In Genesis chapter 2, we see the incarnate Genesis chapter 1 man, just like in the book of John, we see the incarnate word, who would later be known as Jesus. Keep going. Adam
was created in Genesis chapter 1 and formed in Genesis chapter 2. He lived in the fourth dimension, God dimension, meaning that he was superior, a God of the third and lesser parallel universe. Adam did not see in the spirit, he saw from the spirit. Creation. Did you guys see that? He did not see in the spirit. We see in the spirit. He thought from the spirit. Wow. So there's a difference in the two. And God is trying to constantly move us into that place where we surrender our fullness of our vessel so that we can see into the, I mean, from the spirit. I would truly say when you begin to see from the spirit, he's not one that's looking at things from an earthly perspective. He was born of the spirit. And in that way of seeing things, I'll say it like this, the Holy Spirit says. He's the exact duplicate carbon copy of myself. Um, when it comes to dimensions, when we dream, is that a, are we in a different dimension where we're dreaming too? Especially when we know God is speaking to us in the dream? You're ahead of your message. I can't answer that. <laughs> Creation revered him because he lived in a dimension that was greater than theirs. He was the only creation of God capable of trans-existence. Imagine a being totally consumed in a dimension outside of the 3D world that we know, to the point that he himself had no knowledge that he had a three-dimensional body. So let me make sure I say here, creation feared him. That means everything that was made upon the earth, creeping animals and all of that, it feared him. Today, animals said, don't fear us. And because they recognize that we're not in our true form. And so that's why you can get up in the morning in my neighborhood and you have, you know, um, foxes running throughout the neighborhood. They see you and they say, get out the way. Okay? You have animals, I mean, little creepy things that goes upon the earth that comes into your household and they say, I have dominion here. And so you can clearly see the difference because they do not fear. Because they recognize the state in which we are operating in. Genesis chapter 2, 25. Genesis 2.25, please go there, you guys. I'm mean, getting the habit when you get there, say amen, so that everybody get there. Amen. Amen. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. 
The fourth dimension is a place of multi-dimensionality, far beyond our understanding. Adam did not see this dimension in pictures, visions, or dreams. His spirit body was able to appreciate multi-dimensional space without need for interpretation, revelation, or mysticism. I think that answered your question. As long as he lived outside of the dimension of his rulership, he will maintain his dominion over creation forever. The fourth dimension is a place of multi-dimensionality, far beyond our understanding. Adam did not see this dimension in pictures, visions, or dreams. His spirit body was able to appreciate multi-dimensional space without need for interpretation, revelation, or mysticism. As long as he lived outside of the dimension of his rulership, he will maintain his dominion over creation forever. Okay, hopefully you guys got that. Let's keep going. One fateful, one fateful day, the enemy seized opportunity through Adam's wife to set in motion a scandalous affair that would eternally doom Adam's descendants to a prison formerly known to us today as the flesh, parentheses, third dimension or formation. Genesis chapter three, verse six through seven. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed, they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. This Traysonus act by, by the servant Satan robbed Adam and Eve of the place where they were created and literally landlocked them to the place where they were formed. Earth days became birthdays as man for the first time opened his formed eyes and was born again, only this time into a lesser parallel dimension. Did you guys get that? Did anybody get have questions concerning that? I have a question. I have a question to see if it, <laughs> the part that Kira read um, a few scriptures ago really intrigued me. Where it says Adam lived outside of the dominion he was rulership of. So when they actually ate of the fruit, it made it cause him to actually live in the dominion that. Hello. Oh. Earlier, Kia had. When she was reading, she said, Adam lived outside of the, the dominion he was rulership of. So when they actually consumed the fruit of the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they actually began to live in the dominion that they were rulership of, which is not where originally where he was living. He was living outside of that dominion. Which is correct. And that's where we're living inside this dimension. And God has given us access back to that dimension through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
but many of us like to still live in this dimension, which is a fleshly dimension. And that fleshly dimension does not give us the ability to continue to go back and forth in the spirit realm like we're supposed to in this new realm that we were grafted back into. And the main reason many of us doubt who we are and we don't stand in what Christ is calling us to become or what he foresees this kingdom should look like. And this is where we need to get to the place and understand I am not myself any time I choose to operate in my flesh. So I, I just, um, based on what you're saying right now, this answers a lot of questions for people about why they're constantly longing for something that's not here. And why everyone's always searching and looking and even if they think they have everything that this earth offers, it's not enough, right? And so, you know, um, seeing this in this light is really verified, you know, everything that I think we've all been feeling, which is that there's something missing. And that thing that's missing can only be fulfilled in Jesus. Perfect. Perfect way of summing that. Let's go further. The lion no longer feared him and simply saw him as all lions see humans, as flesh. But if you really look at it, when the lion looks upon something that was ruling him and now sees it as flesh, it has no fear of it. And it sees itself as meat. Do you see it? The, the whole point here, he sees everything as the same. So in that place where we fell, we became prey to what we were supposed to you guys got that and some of us operate in that place where we're praying because it's easier to be in that place and that's that uh, constant false false way of basically saying who we are I can't I can't if in Christ we can do all things. Where do we get, I can't? That's a deception that the enemy continues to allow us to agree upon. Let's go further. Now we understand why the all-knowing Lord comes walking in the garden in the cool of the day and proclaims in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden but the Lord God called to the man where are you how is it that the omniscient omnipotent God could not find his creation because his creation had lost the part of them that lived in his dimension. Much is to be said for the word cool of the day. If we were not careful, we would assume the Bible was simply giving us a weather report. 
and the Hebrew word is ruach, which means spirit. So let's read it again. Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. And insert the word spirit where you see cool. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the spirit. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Like, where are you in the spirit? Why are you not holding your position? Because at this particular point, he's no longer able to see. He's no longer able to access the spirit. And because he's no longer able to access the spirit, he's now deemed to be naked. And that's when we cannot access the spirit. We're deemed also to be naked. And many of you guys don't really trust the spirit so half of the time you're naked and to be naked just means the covering of god is no longer upon you you're operating in what dimension the third dimension which is the fleshly dimension The reason the Lord could not find Adam was because he was not looking for Adam in the third world. He was looking for Adam in his creation and yet found a fallen Adam in his formation. Not fallen by latitude, but fallen by dimensionality. Adam became a prisoner of the world over which he was called to rule. His brain, heart, and body were sensitory but certainly not spiritual. For God called, for God, talking to a 3D Adam was as futile as a man talking to a dog. You had to train it and teach it a few words, but you could never fully communicate with it like you once did. You guys get that? Yeah. Because having pets, you can, you know, a lot of times I have my daughter's dog and he'll look deep into my eyes and he stares at me and I'm like, what do you want? What do you need? What are you looking for me? But the sad part about it, he only knows certain commands. Get it? Some of us only know certain commands because we're not in unity with our Lord. We're operating from a fleshly dimension. And, and, and the places where we do have communication is sometimes God gives us visions of ourselves, which some people call them deja vu, and then you're like, oh my God, God is moving, he is speaking, or whatever. It is the way that God communicates because he knows that you're operating in your fleshly nature. And true men and women of God who has truly embraced uh, Christ, we operate from what dimension, you guys? The fourth dimension, having access to heaven. Get it? And a lot of us don't have access to heaven because we're choosing to stay babies. Okay? 
So I would say, what do we say here? I'm going to grow up. Amen. Uh, can't you guys say that? I'm going to grow up. I'm going to start growing up. And I'm going to live in my true dimension. Adam was no longer living in his creation, but in his formation. No more did Adam see life from the spirit. If Adam was ever to see life, he would have to see it in the spirit from the flesh, ruled by a lesser intellectual mind. God would... And since Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, does that mean that he... We're getting there. Yeah. I'm going to stop you too. <laughs> this is good. This is, yeah. I need to get you guys to the place. Yes. God would have to explain four-dimensional concepts to a three-dimensional generation using tangible things within their dimension teachable things to explain concepts outside of their dimension. And so to get you guys to see a fourth dimensional thing uh, and hear how he teaches, God gives us dreams and visions that causes us to see and he makes them look like uh, something that you guys know in order to get you to understand the things that you need to know. Uh, there was a gentleman I was speaking to and the Lord literally showed me a tetherball. You guys know what a tetherball is, right? It is a ball that's tied to a string and you hit it back and forth and in elementary school they had tons of them. And many kids will play it. And so the Lord showed me like with this individual that I was speaking to was a tetherball. God was hitting the ball in his face and he was hitting it back. And what I was literally saying, being told in that particular area, he would, the Lord would hit it in his face, he would miss it, and it just kept winding. So everything that God had for him to hear, it just kept winding because the ball would come, sometimes he would hit the ball, other times he chose not. And so when I began to say this to the gentleman, it immediately caused the gentleman to say, hey, I keep missing you, Lord. Because the things that you hit in my direction, I don't see them as you speaking. So I'm going to take the ball, and I am not going to hit it. And so therefore, in his life, he's constantly feeling like he's losing. But he's feeling like he's losing because he doesn't know that God is in this dimension hitting something in his direction to get him to see he must act upon it. Hopefully you guys got that. And then when it comes to this house, I say, Lord, what vision would you have for this house that you guys see the dimension that God is trying to get you guys to see? He says, I have laid... And, and, and what I see is a book before you. And he says, and I don't no longer want you to skim through the pages, because I see some of us just skimming to the pages. But I see him saying, this time I'm imparting 
grammar word that you may stand up in what I called you to do. No longer questioning, but to be in that position to execute on the things of which I've called forth. He said, you will become the name that I have called you to be. And you will no longer lay aside my word, nor shall you run after things that pleases you. John chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever Hold gone. On. Let's stop right there. Because a lot of times, God is speaking to us in this dimension. And he's speaking to us in ways in which we can understand. He's never going to say something to anybody that's beyond their intellectual understanding. But a lot of us, we look to gain wisdom beyond our intellectual understanding. And therefore, we fail in that particular area because we want these great and mighty words, but God's saying, you're not that smart. That's what this is saying right here. You're not that smart. And so therefore, I have to speak to you in a way that you can understand it. Hopefully you guys get what he's saying. Because he's telling us, if you understood, you would understand what I'm saying. But because you're in what dimension? You're never going to grasp what's happening. You're not even going to understand as he's killing the people what's really going on. Sometimes when somebody gets blessed, we say, well, why did we got blessed? Because you're looking at it from what dimension? So therefore, you cannot see it at all. Further. Go further. It would eventually mark a day where God too. It would eventually mark a day where God to even explain himself to mankind would mean that he would have to leave his higher dimension and deliberately come to into our lesser dimension. This is the reason for the cross. It's to restore everybody back. Do you get it? So that we can operate from the right dimension. Okay? Do you see it? He's bringing everything back to its original state. And in that place where he's bringing everything back to his original state, it allows you to operate as you've been created. What if it has nothing to do with dimensions but being you being full of what you need to be full of? What if it has nothing to do with dimensions but has to be has to deal with you being full 
of what you need to be full of because in the garden, Adam and Eve. He said, this one's ahead of me too. Uh, Gotta back you down. Y'all keep trying to go places, he's not ready. He's laying a foundation, you guys. I know some of you guys know this, but I need this foundation laid so that it remains. Okay? So you guys cannot come back and say, I don't know who I am. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Amen. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by this, his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. Okay, you guys got that. So he's breaking the power of death. And how does he break that power of death over you? By you recognizing what he's done for you that power of death and so you're no longer in dead circumstance dead way of looking at things you're coming into your true being and you're embracing him in his fullness not portions of him his fullness the mission of Christ was simple to bring us back to life again and redeem the life to us that the enemy has stolen from us. John 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. When Adam sinned, he was born again. But only this time as a fallen man. When Christ came, his message was to be born again. But this time, back into the spirit from which we had fallen. He made that simple. Yeah, you guys got that? <laughs> so we're going back into the spirit. Yes. And which Adam caused us to fall from. Okay, let's take it further. John chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying to you, you must be born again. And born again, we're born of what? The Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit just says to me to say to you guys. He said, take this in. He said, recognize what I've purchased for you. through the shedding of my blood. He goes on to say to me, to say to you guys, you're redeemed. 
Okay, let's go a little bit further. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is where I conclude this chapter. It was important for us to understand our genesis, or rather our genesis, before I explain the title of this chapter. Now you will have a clear understanding of this verse of scripture. This is not God having a conversation with Jeremiah the formation in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. God is trying to have a conversation with Jeremiah the creation in Genesis chapter 126. Uh, Jeremiah 1 5 is something the Father spoke to me a few years back. Um, there's a in the King James says, before I formed you in the belly, uh, which he showed me is the belly of creation, he knew us. So before he formed us in the belly of creation, before the heavens and earth existed, we had a relationship with Jehovah. Yes. And I believe as we go further, you'll hear of the relationship because I'm trying to get you guys to a place in order this is not the message. This is just setting forth the establishment of a message. Let's keep going. He says to Jeremiah, paraphrased, You may not know this, but there is a version of you I created to hear my voice and prophesy to nations. Jeremiah, you were created to hear me. Reader, you were created to hear God long before you were formed. Adam and Eve were not apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. They were so much more. They were spirits created to hear and have fellowship with God. They were a prophetic people who had access to the very heart, mind, and conscience of the Lord God himself. As you said that, I felt the presence of the Lord hit this room. Read that again. He says to Jeremiah, paraphrased, you, were, you may not know this, but there is a version of you I created to hear my voice and prophesy to nations. Jeremiah, you were created to hear me. Reader, you were created to hear God long before you were formed. Adam and Eve were not apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers. They were so much more. They were spirits created to hear in fellowship with God. And so understanding who you are, that's what you were created. Well, tingly. Um, <laughs> in, in regards to how he created us to hear even before he put us on this earth. 
in his existing place, we have an existing place with him. Existing one, we actually translate to Jehovah, and we are created in his likeness. So in the beginning, before words, there was a vibration. A vibration. He brooded over the waters of the deep. That is a vibration. We have a inner vibratory vibration that is an infused knowledge. It is inf the kind of way we hear when we speak. It is infused. It's not like telephone. It's yeah. it's infused. In one moment of five, two minutes, we can have a book full of knowledge because there is this vibrant vibration. Make sense in yes. the deep. Okay, in our existing place with Him, in that relational oneness. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> but if you guys see what he's doing is laying foundation and this is the foundation that he's trying to get every single one of you to come into because when you really begin to get it when God speaks he doesn't just speak in current or past. He's speaking in future. And it's endless. And so when he said he knew you before he formed you, you were already pre-existing. Okay? Before this particular day. Pre-existing. That, that was even, if you really can understand the concept of what he's trying to get you to understand, he's literally saying, when he was in the beginning creating things, he spoke of you and brought you forward. Okay, so he spoke of you and brought you forward. And then it shows his love for you to come back and to restore you unto himself. I mean, it just blows you away if you get the concept. You get what he's literally saying. So he literally knew that we would be crying out. We, he literally knew everything that Sheila said, our search, our desire, and we're constantly looking like something's missing. He knew we would be in this state. And, and his plan brought all of us back. So really understanding who I really am. I'm ready to do this. Yes. Okay? Because if you know who you are, then the gifts flow freely. Yes. They were a prophetic people who had access to the very heart, mind, and conscience of the Lord God himself. Did you guys get that? Yes. We are a prophetic people who had the what access to what to the heart mind and conscience of the lord god himself praise be to god Hallelujah. that's intimacy yeah. exactly okay let's keep going in jeremiah chapter one god was having a dual dialogue he was in full conversation with Jeremiah the creation, but Jeremiah the formation kept speaking up. That man of the flesh, limited and primitive, whose intellect is to God uttered foolishness, 
spoke up and had the audacity to say in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 6 Alas, Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But if you stop and you really hear his formation speaking out of the flesh, he's literally saying what we say today. We speak for our hindrance in not really looking at our true formation. It's, it's exactly what... Uh, Bradley was saying there's a vibration on the inside if we could tap into that and really begin to home in on who Christ really is on the inside of us then we would be able to operate in the fullness of creation yeah. but because we regurgitate yeah. things because we don't really embrace Christ because you know I would literally say to you guys what the Holy Spirit said to me. There's something about this relationship you need to begin to work on. Yeah. Because there's something about everybody's relationship you need to begin to work on. And the way you work on it is really understand who Christ is. Because if you don't understand who Christ is, then your relationship is going to speak for such as Jeremiah. And it's not just Jeremiah, it's many that literally says what they cannot do. And when you say you cannot do something, you're still operating from what standpoint, you guys? And which is that one? Flesh. And when you operating from your fleshly nature, you better check your relationship. Yes. Don't let my form con you, is what this is titled. What's your excuse for not speaking up? Are you too young, too old, too black, too white, too sick, too poor, too rich, too much? Too depressed, too grieved, too empty, too full, too popular, too unknown, too mean, too friendly, too overbearing, too overwhelming, too married, too single, too stupid, too smart, too fat, too short, too skinny, too tall, too pregnant, too barren, too busy, too lazy. literally saying what is your hindrance and whatever that hindrance is needs to be dealt with by God because who's dealing with you who rules and reigns this dimension whatever your excuse I want you to remember this don't let your form con you don't let your form con you. Memorialize that, write it down somewhere so that every time you or others give you an excuse or to try to limit you to what they see and what you see in the mirror, you can remember that the mirror will never truly be a reflection of the real you. 
You are made in a much bigger image than the mirror reflects. You were created in an image beyond the mirror, so much deeper than superficial characteristics. Praise be to God. Is that it? And so, moving into what God has for us today. So what he did was right now was lay the foundation for who you are. But now we're going to go to the book of Acts because this is where we're living and breathing. We're in the book of Acts chapter 4, if you can go ahead. It doesn't matter which one. Uh-huh. I'm going to say the beginning, but I'm going to get to the place where I'll point out something because I really want you guys to see, because this is what we were supposed to go over on Bible study, but I'm here again because the Holy Spirit brought me back to here. Acts 4, verse 1. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. I want to make sure that you guys understand. They're preaching Jesus Christ. And they're really giving them a full understanding of similar to what you guys just got. And 5,000 believed. 5,000 belief. He says, say that again. He said it wasn't a difficult message. It wasn't something that they could take back and overanalyze. It was factual. And the reason why it was factual, because they understood the scriptures. This group here understands the scriptures. And so therefore, you're held accountable for what you just heard. Let's go further. Verse 6, Ananias the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. 
Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Then they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man... stop you guys here? Because what really stood out to me is number one, these men had been with Jesus. And, and that's what really stands out to all of us. We can look and see those who really are spending time with Jesus and we say, oh my God, that person has been with Jesus. We, as in women, gravitate towards people or men that been with Jesus. Oh my God, you know this man knows Jesus, okay? They would be looking at Bradley or looking at Brandon and say, oh my God, they know Jesus. And, and they become attracted to us. Hear what I'm saying? When you spend quality time with Jesus, people recognize it and you become attracted to them. Because they know you've been with Jesus. And so when you begin to look at, this is, this is God, when you begin to look at Peter and his fallen state, what was the woman said to him when Jesus was getting ready to get crucified? You've been with Jesus. Did you get it? So he could not deny that he was with Jesus. He was trying to hide it. It was evident. And then not only did the woman turn around, didn't somebody else turn around? The other one turned around and said, he been with Jesus. And so people recognize when you've been with Jesus. And so the Lord is literally trying to get you to understand and embrace who you are. Let's take it a little bit further. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred there, conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Let me stop you guys right here because this is where God wanted me to make sure you guys see. What dimension are we operating when we do not confess Jesus? And so the enemy has literally been in that place stopping you from speaking the name of Jesus. And in this place where he has stopped you, he allows you to constantly focus on your fallen state. Hopefully you guys get this. And in this place where you're operating from your fallen state, you will never speak Jesus. Because you don't feel like you qualify. And so in that place where they're strictly warned, what did they do? Let's keep going. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you 
or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And so when you've been with Jesus, what do you do? You speak of Jesus. Amen. And so many of us don't speak of Jesus because we ain't been with him. And so the Lord was literally talking to me as I was outside today. And I love what it literally said as she closed out this particular verse, rather this particular part of this book. What's hindering you? Are you too stupid? Are you too this? I, I, the Lord even went as far as basically saying, is your time more valuable? Is your time more valuable than to spend time with Jesus? He even went as far as asking me to ask you, do your solutions work for you? <laughs> he even went as far as saying, have you figured out mankind in your own understanding? He said, then spend time with me. But if you really see what this dimension literally says, that you have to be skilled and qualified to speak Jesus. But if you go back and you look at this particular passage, they weren't skilled, they weren't qualified, they weren't great wisdom or knowledge, even to the point that where these people are pointing out who these individuals are. So questions, can you go back a little bit more to chapter 3? Chapter 3 literally says that these people weren't great. And the reason why they weren't great because they weren't depending upon themselves. They were operating for what dimension? Biggest story. It's when the council turns around and questions, waiting like, ugh. Oh, it's in four of our guests. You want yes. three? Okay, I was in three. Okay. Yeah, four thirteen. And what does it say in 4.13? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Did you guys get it? Yes. Yeah. Unschooled, ordinary men, and they recognized they've been with Jesus. Hopefully you guys get that. Because many of you don't speak because you think you're supposed to be schooled and skilled. Yes. But God is looking for ordinary people. Ordinary people. I like how this um, translation it says they were uneducated and untrained. Yes. yes. Let's take it a little bit further. Who's the reader? Verse 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin 
and they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this state from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They cannot decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Perfect. Next chapter. Can I ask, while she's reading the next chapter, can I ask you to look at that book and read the characteristic of, it gives a chart of what the person looks like spiritually. It really blows your mind away. Okay. Acts 5. This is a, um, a list of what the fourth dimension looks like and a list of what the third dimension looks like. You want the third dimension first? Or? Yes. Okay. The third dimension looks like flesh and soul, formation, formed of the dust, cursed, domestic, submission, death, existed, employment, talks to humans and others but can't hear God, pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam in the fourth dimension looks like spirit, creation, born of God, blessed, dominion, mission, life, lived, assignment, talks to God, prophetic. Pathetic, prophetic. Acts 5, verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. And I want to make sure that you guys see this particular scripture according to what the Lord showed me uh, today. This individual possessed a property. And it was his. He owned it. And it was for him to do whatever he desired with his property. You guys are the property of God. And you guys can do whatever you want with your property. Hopefully you guys see it. And in that place, you can choose to surrender everything that's concerning you over to God, or you can hold on to it. And many of us operate from the same place that these two individuals operated from. So let's read a little bit further regarding them, and then 
with the hopes to see ourselves. Then Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled, has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept money for yourself and money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And so, and so and what you're seeing here, before we get to the wife, and you can clearly see that the possessions, such as what we possess, our own life, we choose to give portion over to God. Lord, I'm going to give you the end of my day because that's all I can offer you. I'm going to give you this portion of my resources because that's all I can offer. And so we're always holding back. And as we continue to hold back, it's not us that's hindered. I mean, him that's hindered. We are hindered. And the main reason why we're hindered is because we don't never tap into who we fully are. Because we are not really truly spending time with Jesus. And when you spend time with Jesus, you recognize that everything he has, is, you have, is his anyway. And so many of us operate from that place to whereby we're still taking possession of ourselves, so therefore we cannot possess what he has for us. So the vibration that I love how Bradley used doesn't even vibrate. We might get a little sizzle here and there, okay? Like, oh, something just moved in me. Something just chopped. I don't know what that is. And you know how we do that. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it feels like. We literally in that place because we don't embrace the fullness of God. And and Bible clearly says that we're supposed to communicate with God. All of us. There's no exempt in there. Did anybody see their name but this person? Except for this person. Did you see that? Because some of you guys have read the scripture and you see that exception. And the reason why you see that exception because you don't spend quality time with God. And if you do, you read it as a book. And you can't get anything out of the word unless you're reading it by the spirit. And so that means I'm going to pray in the spirit, I'm going to hear in the spirit, and I'm going to interpret the things that are written in this word so that I have full access to the proper dimension. You know, I crack up laughing because Bradley is sitting up, he's sitting up in this place where he's been, because a lot of times he's sitting in the back sleep. And he's like, y'all speaking my language today. Your life. It's yours. But many of us hold 
you're holding back. And so you have limited experience. And, and a lot of us be like, oh Lord, I want to have great faith. Spend time with Jesus. I want to operate in all the things that you called for. Spend time with Jesus. Sheila first. Uh, so, you know, I've read this over the years and I never really understood. Okay, it's just it's just money. Like, why would they die over money? But it wasn't really... It wasn't really... So, I was saying I've read this, you know, throughout the years and I, I would always come to, well, why would they just die over money? It, it's just money. Like, why? It didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but it, it's really the... The fact that it that it's not about the money, exactly. It's not about the money, and it's about the fact that they wanted everyone to believe that they had already given all the money, and it was it was an act of deception. And so now that makes me ah, good. I gotta stop you. Okay, you're going a little bit ahead of the message. So I don't know oh. what it is, guys. <laughs> Pull this one back too. <laughs> That means you guys know your work. In regards to the Word of God, um, this is kind of how it all starts in spending time with the Lord in the Word. He can use any scripture and it will open a doorway in the Spirit to different heavenly realms or different encounters He wishes you to have. It could be two words. I can even feel it on me right now as I talk about it. Like, you you feel or sense or you know the nudge of the Holy Spirit, you can see it in that particular scripture, keep looking. Go into there is a gateway, a doorway that will give you an encounter. It will something he wishes to bring you into. I I know that many of you guys speak in the spirit, but I don't know if you guys realize the importance of it. It builds you up. It really strengthens you so that when you're sitting before the Lord, you're able to truly hear the things that he wants you to partake of. What you're doing is you're emptying out your vessel and you're putting in more of God so that you can have communion with him. And you're fully able to communicate with him. And so a lot of times you see individuals who cannot communicate, it's because something else is communicating with them and they're in agreement with it. I'm just being real because scripture said everybody should hear. And, and I'm going to ask you to bring that back up in the book where it talked about before prophecy, before this, before these teachers, all this, all of us was created to hear. Okay, so let's go a little bit further in this. Yes. Okay. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in 
not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. Let me stop you right there. So what the Lord shows you here is the false agreement with the husband. Then you see someone getting in agreement with false things as well. So you literally see from two angles. You have a false agreement from one person and how we get in agreement with others for that false agreement. You're getting in agreement with the Antichrist according to this false agreement concerning who you are. So you see the two coming together and they both are false. And, and a lot of times, many of us come into that place of agreement where we're agreeing with the Antichrist concerning ourselves. So you hear something and you come in agreement with it and you go dictate it and share it with others and then you in return basically fall short because the key is death. And so when you get into the false agreement, what you're doing is killing yourself out spiritually so you never have the ability to activate who you really are. There's no vibration. together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. So it's possession. What do you possess? Your possession. Your possession is everything that makes you up you. Everything that makes up you. Yes. It's also here in verse 2 where it says, with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money. It's also those false agreements we get into with people because we have full knowledge of what's wrong. But because we have respect of persons or whatever it is, we get into agreement with it as well. And then we also are deceived. Which is correct. Okay, let's keep going. Peter said, Ananias, 
How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the Lamb? If you can see here, it said kept to yourself. It says it more than one time, kept to yourself. How often do you keep things to yourself? How often do you try to work out things yourself? How often do you try to, to fix it yourself? If God is all-powerful and all-knowing, why are you trying to figure it out? Let's keep going. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? So even, it was his before, it was his after. So it was still his until he released it. Hopefully you guys see it. It's still yours until you release it. And, and when you release, how much are you gonna release to him? How much of yourself are you gonna release? Still yours until you release it. So as long as you have possession of it, it's yours. But in that place, when you release it, it no longer becomes yours, it becomes God. And in that place, how much of it are you going to give to God? It also says here that he bought it, I mean he, uh, he sold it, but then he bought a little piece back and he tried laying it at the apostles' feet. And oftentimes we will sell something and then we'll try and, I mean, this is actually happening in today's world where actually people are buying little things and they're actually selling it for more higher than they actually bought it. And in the same sense, this is actually happening and we can't be giving God smaller portions of the things that we fully possess. And that's what Pastor's trying to say in this thing. It's like, hey, you can't just give me only a little bit you got to realize the story, and this is actually really happening in real life. And when you see this happen in real life, it's not fair because I see this always happening even in sales. Like everything, everything's getting oversold, and and this is what's actually really, really happening in real life in the Bible. And God wants fully everything for exactly for what it was paid for. Everything I've given you, exactly the way it was, and. This is kind of going to relate to what I was speaking about earlier. Partake in everything that he has. That was the first sin of the garden. They didn't partake of everything that was in there. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And, and I want to make sure. So he said, you have not lied just to men, but to God. And, and, and when we do that, we diminish the Holy Spirit. We diminish our access. Do you get it? To what, what world? We diminish it. So every time we hold back, we diminish it gives us limited access to the things of God. 
It's better that you just keep it. It's better that you just continue to live your life the way you want. Because in the end, then you stand account for where you're at now. But to have wisdom and knowledge and never access, look what you're going to be held accountable for. And so it's so important that you begin to pay attention to what you're holding back. And not only in that place what you're holding back, what you're taking in. Because you're going to be held accountable. He's going to say, I gave you access and you didn't do nothing with it. Okay, let's keep going. When Ananias heard. Keep going and I'll pull her up after. She has to stand and wait. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the man who buried your husband are at the door, and they will also carry you out also. I want to make sure that I point something out here. Test the spirit of the Lord. How often are we testing the spirit of the Lord? So that makes you question, what am I really giving him? The spirit of God that resides within each one of us. I wanted to catch Josie because I didn't want to ignore the question. Or is the question still there? That gives you a time to look at it real quick. I wanted to say, when you were saying that, it's better not to give it or or just keep it or give it to him. That's the same when the Bible or it says in the scripture well, you gotta either be hot or cold because if you're warm, he's gonna vomit you or spew you out of his mouth. You have to pick up pick a place and stay there. I have a scripture for it. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verses four and five. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it, because he takes no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better to not vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. And so it's literally, that one is easy. You know, I'd rather not stand up than to stand up because I'm held accountable for not standing up. I'd rather stand up, make mistakes, fall short in it. And, and, but still do something. They did not do anything at all. Okay. And they made a vow to give the full, but they gave half. Exactly. And that's where the Holy Spirit is really working on our hearts at this particular point of how much are we giving? How much are you really giving God? 
and how much are you choosing to stay in that infant state of mind? That state when you choose to stay in that infant state of mind and never grow in wisdom and knowledge of Christ. God is constantly tapping on our heart. He's constantly pushing us, but we have to answer. We can't sit back and say, oh yeah, not tomorrow. <laughs> I'll answer you then. Or, Lord, I gotta get this taken care of and I gotta get that taken care of. You know scripture speaks of that. And the places that scripture speaks of that is literally where we're saying to our Lord that maybe another day. Is it that next day you're going to do more? You will continue to delay your Lord because you're unwilling to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to stop you there before the sake of time. But I'm trying to get you guys, if you notice, I'm pushing you a little bit more, getting you out of the watching the clock. Okay, so I'm going to keep pushing you guys a little bit more, but I know. Uh, for the sake of time today, I'm going to stop it because he said, let's hold on. Because I want you guys to digest what you heard. And in that place where you digest what you heard, you know, go back and read the scriptures. We call them out. You know, I don't know if we record this, but it's recorded. Go back and spend time and really listen to the words. And where God is speaking to you, really come to that place in your quiet time and repent and ask God to help you get to the place where you give all of you. Yes. And for those of you who are listening, and I know you've been listening on, uh, on the internet, I keep saying, get back to church. Okay, because eventually I'm going to cut this off. I'm going to make you come in person. Okay, the only time it's going to be available for those who are out of state. If you're local, I'm going to find a way to cut you off so you have to come in. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? Because you grow when you are in fellowship with one another. Yeah. Okay, you can't be at home being in fellowship. There's no such thing, home fellowship. Okay? And so, again, when you come, bring your Bible. Okay? And so in closing this out, can we all stand? And if you're online just listening, it's no place better to be in the house of the Lord where everybody is in one mind and one spirit truly embracing the things of God. And so Lord, even as I surrender you right now, and I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the insight and the revelation. But also for this body today. That you are ushering us into what you called us to do. That we will be men and women. Truly after your heart. And others will recognize that we have spent time with you. <laughs> And so even now, Lord, what are you asking of me to do? He says, I asked you to say this. 
as your people are standing with their hands lifted on high. And their hearts focused on you. Being their true savior. not for me to say words to you on what you should say. But if there's any area of your life where you've been holding back, if you want to hold back continually, you can stay there. But if it's upon your heart and this message has reached you right now, as the presence of the Lord dwells in this place, allow your confessions to reach his throne. As you surrender your life back to him. And even in that place where you're surrendering. Thank you. I was looking for somebody. <laughs> I was going to say, where's mom at? <laughs> He got it. Yes. You're literally just saying, Lord, meet me where I'm at. I'm choosing you. Oh, 
said, even as I restore you, I will restore the things that I have destined for you. He said, in that place where you have surrendered today, I will just restore the things that was taken from you. Not only is it the things that were taken from you, but I will restore the relationships. I will restore the families. But most of all, he says, those of you who have been missing sight in the spirit, he says, even right now, grab a hold because I have restored he said, those of you who have not been able to have the dreams and vision that I have destined for you to walk in, he says, even in your quiet time, you will not only see, but you will come to know what my spirit is speaking, not only to you, but in the earth realm today. He said, hear me, hear me. He said, some of you, I have called you to be prophets to the nation. And you shall prophesy the things that I have called forth. He said, and none of you have not been able to hear clearly. He said, even now, receive, receive, receive in the place where you're at. Receive. And as you receive, I will pour my spirit continually upon you. what the spirit of the Lord says to you today and again for that new believer I welcome you into the house of God fellowship with believers that are like kind that you may grow in wisdom and knowledge of him this is my prayer for you today and for those of you who are already grafted in as you surrender God will continue to pour an endless cup of living water over you that you may be able to complete the things that he has destined for you today and forevermore in Christ Jesus' name. And we all say amen. 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 If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.